What up, everybody? Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope everybody's enjoying the week so far. I was going to record Sunday, but I kind of wanted to watch Money in the Bank and some baseball and just kind of wanted to chill out. And I'm also trying out a schedule with this, still getting used to this. It's only my third week doing it, so just trying to get a feel for it. But uh, it was a great weekend for pro wrestling, at least WWE in general. Um, the fans, or WWE Universe as they like to call it, I just call them the fans, it's not a big deal to me, are finally back. After nearly 500 days, they're finally back. Friday Night Smackdown kicked off with fans just roaring down in Houston. They were electric as expected. I love the reaction to Edge and Reigns entering the ring. Um, It was a great go-home show to Money in the Bank, which Money in the Bank was everything you could ask for. I think one of the best pay-per-views in a long time. I I don't think there was a stale moment throughout the evening. I've heard complaints about the women's Money in the Bank match. Claims about the Alexa Bliss, who is right now, or her character, quote-unquote, is basically a Harley Quinn knockoff, which is odd, but it works. Uh, Like I said, you've heard me before, I don't really care for the characters or the storylines, but some of these things work. But um, anyways, there was a moment in the match where Alexa Bliss was kind of performing mind control to an extent. I don't know. It was kind of silly, but like I said, it works. Um, but after the rest of the woman, but after that, the rest of the women in the match had to pile ladders on Alexa so she couldn't do anything. Again, I, some of it I don't understand, some of it I love. Anyways, um, which eventually led to... One of them, Nikki Cross winning Money in the Bank. Which you guys know what Money in the Bank is. I'll explain it again. There's technically a contract inside the briefcase hanging above the ring. You climb up a ladder, go grab the briefcase, whatever. There's a contract in there that says, yo, that contract is valid for one year to the date. To where you can cash in on any major title in wrestling. Whenever it is. Whenever somebody's just walking in the locker room, at the end of the match, whatever. Again, storyline. Anyways, the first match of the night, however, was for the SmackDown Tag Championships between the Mysterios, incredible athletes, they've been around forever, and the Usos, once again, incredible athletes. The match ended up with the Usos winning to complete the Reigns and Usos holding all the gold, with Roman Reigns being the Universal Champ. Um, I know I don't like storytelling, but I think that's storytelling at its finest, I think. So, you know, there's the Mannings in football. Then you got the Rocks family in wrestling. Who's more dominant? I'll save that for another day. I'm not going to go through that right now. But I'm also not going to go through the whole night. However, considering you can watch it on Peacock or simply look at the results. However, I'm going to fast forward a bit to the men's money in the bank, which was everything you could ask for. Ignoring the Peacock issue at the start of the match, which was kind of buffering on and off. It was kind of like pictures on a sticky note. Um, trying to make a movie with a sticky note where you're kind of flipping through, flipping through the sticky note. I'm not sure exactly how to explain it, but you get the point. Uh, eventually they fixed it. Um, I thought it was me. I thought something was wrong with the Wi-Fi. Uh, I don't know, but it, I was shutting off my PlayStation, which I was trying to watch on my PlayStation on the app Peacock or on my phone. So I was restarting my phone, restarting my PlayStation. I thought something was wrong. Eventually I got on Twitter and realized it was all over the country. So I was just kind of being patient, waiting for it to start up. 
If it didn't, I was going to go to bed and watch it in the morning, but eventually it started working. Anyways, once it was fixed, um, I ended up watching the Men's Money in the Bank Light of the match. I won't go through everything, but Big E was perfect. He won. He's someone who reminds me of, to kind of give you a, a look here, of an NFL linebacker with the agility of an NBA player. Anyways, it comes full, full circle with him winning Money in the Bank. What I mean by that is that I ended off with Ed, um, with Money in the Bank, with him winning the bank. Um, Biggie is somebody that they've been trying to build up for the past year now as a main eventer, quote unquote. And like I said, it's just come for full circle. It's pretty cool to see. He deserves it. Anyways, the night ended off with Edge versus Reigns for the Universal Championship. The match is something that has come full circle for Edge. He was forced to retire 10 years ago after WrestleMania. WWE Super Bowl, if you will, the World Series, NBA Finals, whatever you want to call it, due to a neck injury. I think, believe somewhere around 2018, 2019 in there, he was, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he was fully cleared for competition. He returned in the 2020 Royal, Royal Rumble which I'll go over someday about what that is to so those who are not aware. However, he returned, had a few with a guy named Randy Orton, which I believe I brought up on here before. Then in 2021, was in the Royal Rumble again and won, which earned you a main event spot at WrestleMania for one of their world titles. Again, one of their Super Bowls. He lost, came back again in the beginning of July to confront Roman Reigns. And now here we are. Probably one of the most intense matches I've seen in a long time. Which again, this is the main event of Money in the Bank. It, it kind of started off slow, kind of like a soccer game or a baseball game, where it kind of starts off slow. There's not a lot going on. The players are trying to get into it, trying to figure it, everybody, everybody out, figure the opposing team out, I should say. Um, it started off slow, but eventually, as it rolled on, the match just picked up picked up and picked up like I said like a soccer game or a baseball game where it's right around the 80th minute or the seventh inning or even a boxing match around the ninth or tenth round where they're both kind of get when both fighters are kind of gassed out trying to go for a knockout it just kind of it's intensified heavily as it progressed um now in soccer games baseball games or boxing matches there's no interferences Maybe a fan interference, but you pause the mat, you pause the game, you pause the. There's a pause, get the fan off the field. Blah, blah, blah. But anyways, in wrestling, obviously with storylines and the acting aspect of it, there's an interference in the match by the Usos. Eventually, the Mysterios ran out and got the Usos out of the ring. Not shortly after, a referee was knocked down, and. When the referee was knocked down, which this match was DQ, it was somebody full-on interfered, interfered, which I I misspoke. The Usos did not interfere. They tried to. The Mysterios stopped them. Anyways, if you interfere, interfere, I can't talk tonight. I'm sorry. If you interfere, there's a DQ. Title does not change hand unless it's pinfall or submission or full-on knockout, which that hardly ever happens because technically it is fake. There's no knockout. Anyways, Rollins interfered when there was no ref, kicked Edge in the head, hoping he would be pinned. A ref had not come out yet. So on and so forth. A ref had come out. Match was no yet. Rollins interfered, tried to interfere again. Edge kicked him. 
then was speared or tackled. It's a spear, technically, in wrestling terms, is like a perfect form football tackle, if you want to use it as that. Form tackling at its finest, I should say. Um, Edge lost the match. Um, Rollins attacked Edge after the match again. Um, The only reason Rollins has been attacking Edge, for those who aren't paying attention or don't follow, and if you're kind of wanting to and the show's kind of getting you into it, Rollins has been saying for the past few weeks, Edge kind of took his spot or cut in line in the championship chase. Anyways, proceed back to the back to the match. Edge and Rollins kind of brawled after the match. Roman Reigns got on the mic after they both left the ring, fighting as they left the ring. Um, got on the mic and said, "Now the whole world." And acknowledge me. Which, like I said, he's part of The Rock's family in real life and script life. He's technically The Rock's cousin, so are the Usos. Um, big wrestling family, obviously. Said that, he's been calling himself the head of the table, but now he's saying, everyone acknowledge me, everyone acknowledge me. Now that fans are back, he's saying, now the whole world can acknowledge me, because all the fans are back, blah, 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 blah. Like I said, it's been a saying over the past year after he came back after taking some time off during the height of the pandemic. Um, after he said that, there's a couple seconds that go by. You think the show's going to end, and you just kind of have a feeling something's going to happen because the thing that WWE does well is they have returns. Yes, there's returns in actual sports, like if a player has been hurt for a few weeks, they come back and have a monster game, or they're out for a year, blah, 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 whatever you want to say. Like like Alex Smith, a couple years this past year, came back after being out for two years, nearly died during leg surgery. Um, one of his thirty something leg surgeries, um, most iconic comeback I could say, but that's that's something for another day. Um, anyways, what WWE does well is these comebacks, and after Roman Reigns has that slight pause, you hear somebody's music. I don't have the production value to chime in his music right now or the sponsors or anything like that. Even someday I will. But, you know, he's, he's, the pe- he's the peacemaker, DC superhero, in the upcoming Suicide Squad movie. Or, you know, Dominic Toretto's brother in Fast 9. Or the guy we can't see, John freaking Cena. Cena is back. Again, I think it's one of the greatest returns in sports, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. Didn't really say much, just kind of confronted Reigns with the whole you can't see me, throwing the hand across his face to Reigns, and the show ended. He made it pretty clear the next night on Monday Night Raw that he's back to challenge Reigns to try to capture the world record-breaking 17th world title win, which right now the record is held by Ric Flair and John Cena. Hey, you know, that's still 11 away from the Bronx Bombers and their 27-world series. You're welcome, New York. Don't ask for it again. I'm kidding. I just thought I'd say that. Um, the rest of Monday night was nothing special, which is the way it's been for the past few few months. Again, like a bad Monday night football season. And unfortunately, we don't get Peyton and Eli Manning announcing on ESPN2 for Raw. I'll go over that announcement whenever we get closer to NFL's kickoff. We're almost there, folks. Anyways, I thought Keith Lee's return was epic. Um, another return we had was this wrestler named Jeff Hardy. He used to have a 
interest music back in like 2009, 2010, somewhere around there, called No More Words. It's a pretty good song, in my opinion. I don't know who it's written by, but again, the song is called No More Words. Um, pretty good. Um, Goldberg Returned, um, who's everyone except me is tired of at this point. Um, I still think he's kind of dominant. I know he's older. Um, none of people are a lot of fan of the older guys. They've been around for a while. They've had their time. They can retire. I get that. I get that. But I'm not a big fan of things ending because all, all great things must come to an end eventually. But it's a nostalgia thing for me as well. Anyways, him confronting WWE champion Bobby Lashley and Lashley's, Lashley's reaction gave me chills. Also, we've already spoken about Nikki Cross, Women's Money in the Bank winner. Cashed in on Raw's women champ Charlotte Flair, Nature Boy's daughter, Ric Flair, and is now your new women's champion, which now that has happened, I think we need an Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Cross matchup for the title at SummerSlam. Sorry about my computer there. At SummerSlam. Superhero versus supervillain. Former friend matchup. I think it would be my C. Especially at SummerSlam. One of their four big pay-per-views. They have four big ones. They call it the Big Four. You know how in basketball they call it the Big Three? Well, they call their pay-per-views the Big Four. There's Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Which, honestly, I could probably consider a Big Five because Money in the Bank is always a big one in my opinion. But, anyways. Alright, time for a short little break. You can hear... You know, referring to this last segment, I've noticed some people hate when I talk about WWE professional wrestling in general. And, and I understand that completely. I get it. It's not everyone's favorite. It's fake, whatever you want to call it. But I consider it sport-esque, and I will continue to say that. But at the same time, this is my show. And I'll talk what I want to talk about what I want to talk about. You know, Jim Rome on CBS... Colin Cowherd on Fox, Dan Patrick on NBC, I think Rich Eisen is on NBC as well. Those guys have their shows and talk with, talk about what they want to talk about for the most part. Obviously, they have a team, they have a network, they got to kind of go by their guidelines, but they talk about what they want to talk about for the most part. Now, I am nowhere near to where those guys are, so hopefully I am one day, but one step at a time and one day at a time, and most importantly, my listeners, whether you're a family member, a friend, or a fan. It's impossible without you guys. I thank you guys for this. I'm only on episode 5, so we'll keep building this. I'll get more consistent with shows, continue to do more research, and clean this up along the way. I just wanted to put that out there. On to the next segment. The Milwaukee Bucks have won the 2021 NBA Finals. Congratulations to them. Incredible team. But, you know, there's guys like Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Wilt, Kareem, Magic, Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, etc. Last night, I feel like, was the start of something big for Giannis. I'm not taking away from the fact that it was a team effort. And before I get ahead of myself, I don't want to hear about injury excuses or how, how how the Bucks had the easy way out. The argument can be used virtually every year in every sport and nearly every day. Nearly every damn sporting event ever. It's called the domino effect for a reason. Anyways, back to Giannis. 
First off, everyone seemed to be annoyed or fed up with Giannis. This is free throw routine. How it took too long. How it looked ridiculous. And straight up silly. Even Chris Paul, who ran his mouth about it. Which everyone knows, trash talk is bad luck, at least in my opinion. Kind of like how everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Which Chris Paul and Phoenix and the Phoenix Suns were punched in the mouth. You all know they took a 2-0 lead and then proceeded to lose the next four. Turnover issue, if a turnover issue, couldn't hang on to a lead, whatever. You know, when Giannis' free throw routine ends up with a 22 for 22 in the final game of the season and the NBA Finals clinching game. What is that called again? Oh yeah, clutch. C-L-U-T-C-H. Clutch. Look, again, congrats to the Bucks and Bucks fans. Congrats to you for waiting 50 years on a championship since the last one. 1971-2021. Congratulations. This Chiefs fan knows what that is like. They waited 50 years. Yeah, and, and with guys like Giannis and Mahomes, we shouldn't have to wait another 50 years. I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't take 50 years, but I, with those guys, the team builds around them, they stay consistent, stay healthy, they'll be all right. You know, speaking of NFL quarterbacks and the Milwaukee Bucks, Aaron Rodgers now has his second ring. He got his first one in Super Bowl 45, and now as a part owner of the Bucks, he's got himself an NBA ring. Before I take a little break, I want to mention that a report came out that Packers offered Rodgers a two-year extension that would make him the highest-paid player in the NFL when everyone says, oh, it's not about money. Do people not pay attention? How many times do I have to say it? He literally voted last year on the off-season programs being either virtual or volunteer up until training camp. So if he shows up to training camp, I was right all along. If he doesn't, I still won't eat my words considering training camps just started this week. It's now July 21st. And he voted on August 1st. Look, so I still will not eat my words until after August 1st. Everyone just needs to relax. R-E-L-A-X, relax. Like Roger said himself a few years ago. I've said it before. I understand it's the offseason. You gotta have something to talk about. But I feel like he either wants to retire after this contract ends up, after his three years are done... Or he wants to go to another team after these three years. Sometimes you just got to be patient. Anyways, congrats to the Bucks and Aaron Rodgers. I guess my rant is over. All right, so I'm going to do something here. Some I've seen on ESPN and various sports shows um, or heard on podcasts or whatever. Something I kind of want to do myself. I'm going to give you three words to describe each NFL team for this upcoming season. With training camp starting this week, um, figure this is the best time to do it. I'll do a prediction of the season once preseason's over. So about another month, I'll do that. Um, starting with the AFC West. Broncos. Where's Peyton Manning? They've got a solid roster. A decent head coach, but not a quarterback. It's been that way since Super Bowl 50. Drew Locke has some promise, 
but he's got to get that deep ball under control. It's all over the place. It's like he's just flinging around like it's backyard football. I've seen him show some accuracy. I've seen some game-winning drives, but other than that, it feels like he's just kind of flinging it out there and hoping for the best. On to the Raiders. Derek freaking Carr. I mean, the guy is a stud. Top 15 quarterback easily. But the rest of the roster? I give that roster a C-, minus, mainly due to Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller being such freaks. Because the rest of the roster outside of that? Eh, not much to write home about. L.A. Chargers. Herbert? Fingers crossed. Chargers have a great roster. But they need to hope Herbert continues to work out. I mean, they had Phillip Rivers for 16 seasons, and the farthest they went was the AFC Championship. On to the Chiefs. 2003 offensive line. Which was their best offensive line in recent memory. And they're kind of hoping the offseason overhaul, offensive line overhaul they had, mirrors that 2003 line. Now for the AFC East. Patriots. Tom Brady who? With the draft they had and the free agency they had, and don't forget the best head coach of all time, to maybe it's time to try and get away from the ghost of Brady. Which might be difficult in that week four matchup. And since he just won his seventh ring. And you know what? I'm just going to move on. Sorry, Patriots fans. Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen's time. Allen struggled but showed promise his first two years. But last year, you all know how he did. Bills need to continue to trust in him. And Stephon Diggs. You know, just trust in those two. You'll be fine. Dolphins. Speaking of trust, trust in Tua. Dolphins need to continue to force turnovers like they did in 2020. But they also need to trust Tua. If not, his confidence will drop and his play will not elevate like it should. I know he looked a little rusty. I know he's coming off an injury. But I still feel like he's got some talent. No more pulling him like he's a starting pitcher for the Marlins. This isn't baseball. You don't let him play for three and a half quarters and then bring in your backup like a reliever or a closer. New York Jets? Uh, maybe next year. Look, they don't have a bad roster, but Robert Soleil is unproven as head coach. And Zach Wilson is a bit of a question mark. Yes, he's an athlete. Yes, he has a bit of an arm, but he's still a question mark. On to the AFC North. Browns. It's their time. Best roster, in my opinion, on paper. Two-headed monster at running back. Baker's efficient with the football. They've got some good receivers. There's no way they don't mess this up, right? Right? Steelers. Steel curtain defense. Just rely on the defense and bail out the offense. I'm not saying the offense is bad. I'm not saying they necessarily be bailed out. But it's not good either. Ravens, help out Lamar. He's got a defense in a running game, but the receivers are horrid. Hopefully Sammy Watkins can stay healthy, which is nearly impossible at this point. Bengals, Joe Burrow's knee. It's simple. This season is based on how the line holds up and if Burrow really is healthy. Moving on to the AFC South. Jacksonville Jaguars. Tank for Trevor. They tanked for Trevor. They've got one of the greatest college coaches of all time. Who knows if that'll work out in the NFL, but he's still one of the greatest college coaches of all time. We shall see if it works out. 
It might not this year, but I feel like it will. And if it does, my Chiefs are in trouble. <laughs> Colts. Carson Wentz rebirth. Wentz has it all right in front of him. His old coach, an offensive line, possibly best line in the league, some great running backs, and that defense. He has no excuses now. It's all on you, Carson. No pressure, buddy. Tennessee Titans. Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. That's all you need. This offense needs to rely on those three. They'd nearly be unstoppable. Tannehill's a stud too, but hey, I said three words. Well, three names in this case. Tannehill's a top 10 quarterback, I think. And I think Mike Vrabel's a good young coach, so we'll see where this goes. Houston Texans. Look, I don't have the audio production for crickets, so I'm just going to say it. Where is Deshaun? With all these allegations that have come out against him, who knows if he will be there. If he isn't, hey, maybe there's a couple of games where they'll be competitive. All right, I'm on to the NFC Conference, starting with the NFC West. Seattle Seahawks. You guys have seen Forrest Gump. Well, here's this for you. Run, Russ, run. Look, the offensive line is not as bad as it seems. I feel like Russ kind of runs into them by scrambling too much, hanging on to the ball too long, kind of waiting to see what happens, and then the play just ends up breaking down. It's going to happen if you scramble around that much, Russ. But I also feel like Russ just needs to take over games using his legs and his, and his incredible deep ball. as one of the best deep balls of all time, in my opinion. San Francisco 49ers. Please stay healthy. That defensive loaded and injuries completely ruined this team last year. And Jimmy Garoppolo's motivation to play because he was healthy when he said he wasn't. Cardinals, rely on Hopkins. This team is good, but could be better. And I feel like that's because Murray needs to learn to rely on Hopkins and crutch time more often. Rams, Matt Stafford revenge. Stafford has been stuck on the Lions his whole career. Yes, he had Megatron, but that was it. He's now out of that poverty franchise and has a defense to back him up. Even with Cam Akers being out for the year, it's make or break time for Matt Stafford, similar to Carson Wentz. Which Matt Stafford's a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. I'm just saying the situations are very similar. Now the NFC East, or the NFC Least, like people like to call it. Washington. Defense. Scary Terry. Just get to the quarterback and hope and pray Terry McLaurin does what he does. Cowboys, defense, Dak, defense. The defense has some stars on it, and with Dan Quinn at defensive coordinator, I know it didn't work out for him as head coach, but he's still a great defensive coordinator. It could be scary. And if Dak plays like he did last year before he went down, there's no reason this team cannot be world beaters. Giants, Saquon is back. Saquon is back, and now Danny Dimes has no excuses if he becomes Danny Turnover. Also, don't trip on a clear-as-day touchdown run. Eagles? Fly, Eagles, fly? Eh, I don't think so. The only team that might just be worse than the Jets. Jalen Hurts could work out, but right now the Eagles' ceiling is very low. Winning two games might be exceed, expe- ex- exceed expectations. 
on to the NFC North. Packers, Rodgers or Love. Said it before, it's Rodgers. He will do his thing. Just maybe don't let him down again in the NFC Championship game. Also, maybe Rodgers should learn to run it in when he has a clear as day touchdown as well. As, as well. But hey, I don't think he would trip like Daniel Jones would. Vikings, no primetime games. You all know Captain Kirk's primetime record. Just maybe ask Roger Goodell for no primetime games. Simple, right? Bears. Field Justin Fields. Just do it. Just do it. Put him out there. What's the worst that can happen? Lions. Bite kneecaps. Okay, maybe don't do that. Which is what new head coach Dan Campbell said you will do. But maybe if you play with that aggressive mentality, you could earn a bit of respect. And hey, maybe win a handful of games along the way. I see a 6-11 and 11 team for this season for this team. Maybe 7-10, and 10, but I'll save that for my prediction segment later on in the year. On to the NFC South. Falcons. Bend, don't break. This defense is horrible year in and year out. The bend, don't break mentality helps young and up-and-coming defense defenses. I'm not saying the Falcons are young and up-and-coming defense, but if they kind of use that bend but don't break attitude, it could work out. The offense will do its thing, even with Julio's departure, but Matt Ryan is efficient. Ridley, Ridley Calvin Ridley, seems to play lights out, and Kyle Pitts is set to be a monster for opposing defenses. On to the Saints, Jameis Winston Eyesight. We all know he apparently got a much-needed eye surgery after that awkwardly stat-padding 2019 season with a 30-to-30 ratio of touchdowns and interceptions. Sorry, 1-to-1 ratio. I don't know why he said it like that. But he put up 5,000 yards. Sure, some of it was in garbage time. But who cares? It's still head-turning, right? Panthers. Christian McCaffrey healthy. Sam Darnold has a fresh start with an all-time running back. But can he stay healthy? I believe in Sam Donald. Panthers have a good roster. There's no reason it shouldn't work out. Bucks. Oh, Buccaneers. Super Bowl champs. Go for two. Sorry about my computer there. Anyways, Bucks. Go for two. According to Bruce Arians, that's what you guys are doing. Not that Kansas City BS when they said running back. Run it back. They're going for the repeat. They've got all their starters back. Chris Godwin right now is a question mark. But they've got no excuses not to repeat. So last week was the first Superman and Lois crossover event. Well, I wouldn't really call it a crossover event because the CW's crossover events and the DC-verse or the Arrowverse, whatever you want to call it, um, wasn't really a crossover, but I'm going to consider it just because. I haven't watched the July 20th episode, the latest one. I will this weekend, but John Diggle made an appearance. Um, Oliver Queen's bodyguard. 
I know he's been on The Flash this season, but I haven't fully caught up yet. I'm on episode 7 right now. But if you watch the season finale of Arrow, the box he opened is clearly the Green Lantern ring. But the setup feels like a revival into the CW Arrowverse or DCverse. Um, again, he was on the Superman and Lois episode. I suggest you check it out. It's a good episode, one of the best yet. But today, I'm, I'm going to keep this last segment short. I want to end off the show today for listing my top five favorite artists in music. Not who I think is the best, but who is my favorite. Number one is a tie. Eminem, rapper, and George Strait, country singer. I grew up listening to both. In my own personal opinion, I think they are both kings of their genres. I know I said earlier not who I think is the best, but this is what I think of them. I think they're the kings of their genres, rap and country. I think Eminem lyrically is just a machine. Honestly, I think he's a robot. No, not really, but you get my point. But anyways, when it comes to putting words together for him, it's just all over the place. And he's a great storyteller, too. However, George Strait, I think, is a better storyteller, especially for country music. It's mainly stories. And George Strait is a phenomenal storyteller in his songs. Number two is Tech 9 He's an an independent rapper from Kansas City. He has longevity. He's been around for 20-plus years. And I feel like his sound continues to to evolve. And his ability to work with different genres is off the charts. I know he's worked with a screamo band, Slipknot. Well, rock band, Slipknot. I wouldn't call him screamo. And then I know they worked with Five Finger Death Punch. Speaking of Five Finger Death Punch, they're number three on this list. I think this band is one of the only bland bands who have had nothing out that I didn't like. Whether it's every single al- album or even every single song. They're just great. Four is Nickelback. Everyone seems to hate them. Or maybe everyone just likes to hate them. However, I like their sound. Their songs are enjoyable. They've got songs you can work out to. And songs to listen to calm you. I'm also a big fan of Chad Kroger's voice, their lead singer. Last one is Daughtry. Another rock band, which I think is kind of Nickelback-esque in a way. But a band I've been a fan of from the start. You're aware of the show American Idol? Well, I liked Chris Daughtry, the lead singer, on American Idol back when the show was actually good. And I still think to this day he should have won, but I'm somewhat being biased there. The band continues to evolve its sound, and I cannot wait for their next album that's rumored to come out later this year. Anyways, that's all I have for you guys today. I've kind of recorded this episode within two days back-to-back, kind of started the first part of this um show when I was talking about WWE's weekend. Um, That segment was a bit longer than I thought it would be, so I kind of did both back-to-back. Everyone enjoy the week, the rest of your week. Go ahead and enjoy the weekend. It's a big one for WWE. They got that SmackDown and Rolling Loud mashup. That'll be cool to see how it does. Obviously, John Cena will be there. You'll be able to see him, or maybe you can't. (laughs) See what I did there? Um... All right now, sports-wise, all you got is baseball. The Olympics start here pretty soon. I'll cover that. Um, that's about all for I got to you to, for you today. Enjoy the weekend, guys. Thank you.